All right, well, welcome everyone to another episode of uh, Rosedale Bible College. This is our follow-up podcast. Um, so I'm here today with Kevin Swartz and Truber, and he just shared with us in chapel this morning just some of his journey. Uh, he's part of our Pathways series, so that means we're kind of just uh, taking different journeys, kind of learning how God led them from one place to another and the differences there. Um, so yeah, if you haven't listened to his main talk, I encourage you to go back and listen to the full chapel talk to kind of hear more of his story, but we're just going to kind of go a little further and kind of continue the conversation this morning then. Um, so Kevin, go ahead and just introduce yourself a little bit for those who maybe haven't uh, listened to the main talk, kind of what you're doing now, a little bit of your your story here. Hi, I'm, I'm a pastor uh, of the Providence Mennonite Church in Montgomery, Indiana. It's a pleasure to be here this morning at chapel, a pleasure to be here with you, Erica. Um, my wife and I, Amanda, have seven children. Our oldest daughter is here at Rosedale this year. She's a first-year student, so we're excited for her to have that opportunity and, and to see the new friends and connections she's making there. I, As I said, I am the pastor of the Providence Midnight Church. Previously, I was a pastor of the church that I grew up in, and I had transferred to Providence from there, and um, God is, is so faithful. I'm also visually impaired, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the title of my talk this morning was Overcoming Obstacles, and just shared some of my own opportunities and challenges and experiences I've had in in facing my career path with that obstacle of visual impairment and how God has carried me through that and and He is He is so very very faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing just to kind of hear your confidence and just being able to say like, no, like through this all, God is still very good mm-hmm. and He is still using this. Um, so I'm gonna kind of play a little bit towards the end of kind of the points you made of your mm-hmm. talk. Uh, You mentioned um, at one point kind of the balance of, or not the balance, but the perspective of blaming God even. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, did you go through a season where that, like you did blame God and had to wrestle through that or? Definitely before I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, there was often those gods, why me, why me, why me? And and I I can still do that. My wife and I kind of laugh. It seems like maybe once a year I get kind of down. I don't know if it's a season or what it is, but it's nothing to the depths that it was before I came to that saving knowledge. When I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and that that firm foundation was set in my heart and, and that's what I stand on now, and and it's it, it was a miraculous thing. It's nothing I did. It's something miraculous that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are there is there anything you know? I think we all can kind of go through seasons of blaming God for this or yeah. that or whatnot. Yeah. Like, do you have any kind of what encouragement or advice would you give to kind of someone in a season like that of blaming God? Don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. I mentioned this morning talking about the psalmist. You look at the laments in the psalms and how you know they came to God asking, "Why? Why is this? Why?" I'm, you know, in different cases, the psalmist said, "You know, I'm so faithful. Why, God? Why, God?" God wants us to ask because He knows when we're asking, we're searching. So don't don't deny those feelings. Don't don't act like they're not there, but just be honest and open and humble to take them to God and and talk to others. Talk to people who you who you feel safe with with your with your. Uh, peers with your parents with your church leaders and help you to navigate those feelings don't ignore them don't try to push them down because they'll turn into something bigger than what they are Mm -hmm. if you do that yeah and i think you also talked about just the value of laying a foundation too Mm -hmm. and i've always kind of felt like if you're able to process through those things they continue to build that foundation too it's just like there are secure confidence and security more of like oh no i've processed through those god will use one challenge to be a building block for the next bigger Mm -hmm. challenge he really does yeah yeah which I always kind of wonder, it's like, does that make, you know, the balance of are bad things then always good? Like, should we always be rejoicing when bad things happen? It's like, oh, like, I can rejoice in a bad thing, so now it's making my life stronger. Like, you know, James says, count it all joy. 
right when you yeah. face trials it's what he says and it's mm-hmm. like ah, that's so that's so counterintuitive to what we think but you know when he counts us worthy not again not because of anything we did but because you know he puts those challenges before us and those obstacles before us to for the purpose of glorifying him and, and growing us in him mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And that doesn't make it less hard, so to say. No, not at all. And that's right. that's one mistake we make when we're trying to help others mm-hmm. through it. We shouldn't minimize their struggle. Right. We should meet them in their struggle. Mm-hmm. I often like, I didn't, it wasn't original to me, but I, always, I often like the saying, I say it often, and my church knows it, that God meets us where we are, but he doesn't leave us there. Hmm. And that's huge to understand that. He, he's not going to come up to us and say, well, how silly are you to be acting like this? He's going to lovingly come alongside of you and say, hey, I know this is hard. I mean, he wept. At the, at the tomb of Lazarus, knowing he was going to raise him from the dead. But he wept. Mm-hmm. He met his, his sisters, Lazarus' sisters there, and, and then he performed the miracle and brought him out of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, I'm really glad you kind of highlighted that, because I think it can be almost a dangerous thing to be too forceful and, well, you should be grateful that you're going through this hard thing. No, and it's like, oh, I don't no, know about that. No. no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a good point there. Um, did you ever wrestle with like you know praying for a miracle and god saying no or anything with your visual impairment absolutely yeah we we went through a time we went through the whole people telling me that i someone someone me or somebody else didn't have enough faith that's why it didn't happen Mm. those are all lies yeah i mean i'll just flat say those are lies right because it's it's not it's not the degree of our faith it's the object of our faith Mm -hmm. and 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 in the object of our faith there is there is sovereignty of god involved in that Mm -hmm. just like god denying paul you know, he appealed to him three times to remove his thorn. We don't know what that thorn was. Intentionally, I believe we don't know what that thorn was because then we would compartmentalize and say, well, that was Paul's deal. This is my deal. No, we're meant to generalize Paul's situation for ourselves. And, you know, sometimes God's going to remove it right away. Sometimes he's going to say no. Mm-hmm. And I definitely went through that process of seeking a miracle and trying to pray the right prayer, or trying to do the right things. And, and God said, no, I, that's not what I have for you. Not what I have for you. What's what season of life was that when you went through that most? That was early, early in my marriage, I guess. And it wasn't because of the marriage; that's just the season that it happened. But we just had friends and acquaintances through different connections, and they were all like, "Well, there's this healer guy or that healer guy," and mm. it was just, it, it was God was faithful and brought us through it. But it, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you would you look at that season as like a a good and necessary season or was it absolutely because yeah. there were things in my heart that needed to be worked out yeah so where places I was putting my faith and and places I was putting well if this doesn't happen then I'm not happy type thing mm-hmm. and it's just not true right yeah, yeah. so again it kind of circles back yeah. to that yep. you've got to just acknowledge the season that yep. you're in and not yep. let it let it be buried there yep yeah no, that's that's really amazing yeah. um so. This morning you talked about how you were in computer programming mm-hmm. before being a pastor, yep. or you, and you kind of dabble still a little bit and a little bit, a little yeah. bit here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what was that transition like? I mean, those are pretty stark different. It was gradual. <laughs> okay. I was doing both. At, the, at, at one point, I was right. I was doing you know, full time computer programming until 2007 when I was first ordained in the ministry, and then I was in a co pastorate job, so mm-hmm. the responsibilities were kind of split. So I was doing computer programming about half the week and pastoring about half the week. And it just slowly, gradually, until I went to the senior pastor position at Providence. And it was shortly after that, that I just pretty much completely got out of day-to-day, okay. day-to-day programming. Gotcha. I'd still do some maintenance occasionally, but it was just a gradual process. And it used to be, I would say, you know, that was my primary thing. And now it's like, no, I don't remember the last time I really did program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Wait, I mean, I think that's probably a common trend for a lot of pastors. It's mm-hmm. just kind of they start somewhere else, then God kind of yeah. calls them into the ministry. Yeah. Um, during that season, did you, what kind of, I don't know, what signs or kind of how did you kind of feel God leading you towards ministry more? Like I said in, in the talk this morning, I knew from little up, and, and it's so hard in a talk like that. There's so many details, but I, I remember my senior class play. They they cast me as the pastor, oh. <laughs> and it was just a minor thing, but it was just another little nudge from God type thing in, in my mind. But when Amanda and I our first date, I told her that I felt a call, and I had no idea what it was going to look like. I I didn't I I really didn't think it would be as a pastor mm-hmm. at that time. I didn't know, but it, did, it seemed like it'd be something else and. That's where he has me now. But it, it was just, again, it was just gradual. God opening, slowly saying, Kevin, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And it was just a, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think you touched on a little bit some of the, the blessings that God has used, kind of your visual impairment mm-hmm. and kind of uh, to connect with different people and in different ways. But I'm, I'm curious, kind of, what would you see as the, like the greatest uh, pro and the greatest con? Like what makes it really why are you grateful are you grateful for it in some ways and what makes it what's the most difficult aspect patience it's taught me a great deal of patience yeah and with my desire to to i enjoy naturally enjoy problem solving okay i just like to figure out how to make something work or how to fix something or how to you know way around things i guess you would say and that takes a lot of patience Mm -hmm. and but with my visual impairment i constantly have to figure out um uncommon ways to do common tasks Hmm. and it it takes patience to do that trial and error like well that didn't work so well when you Mm -hmm. try something different so patience is a big big thing yeah Yeah. no I can imagine that very cool Hmm. so um as a college we often kind of uh uh, we're thinking a lot about young adults so to say Mm -hmm. and they're on a lot of seasons kind of this pathway talk again is helping them navigate and kind of get different ideas, see different perspectives, the kind of directions in life mm-hmm. too. Um, what What's a general advice that you would tell any young adult when they're kind of in a season of navigating different directions or anything? Don't be afraid to try things. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my congregation, I've told them multiple times, it's God can't steer a parked car. Mm-hmm. So even when you don't know exactly which direction to go, pick one. Yeah. And it's not reckless. It's you need to do something. You need to keep moving to, to be guided. And it, it may mean that in the end, you you're down a path that wasn't even even a distant option in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it may be coming to Rosedale for a year thinking you're going to be here for two years or something like that. Just right. anything. Don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. That's a big, big, big step. Yeah, because failure isn't it isn't a negative. It's an opportunity. Yeah, that's that's a good word. I I hear that. I yeah. I often think just don't yeah. Don't sit there. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> just do something. Even yeah, if God's ex- not exactly, waving a yeah. flag saying over here. Like. No, take some time of of discernment, time of searching, uh-huh. but then make a choice and go. Yeah. And don't be don't be cr- paralyzed by the thought of what if it's the wrong path. Right. Well, God will bring you through the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, I think you mentioned this morning, kind of your journey of landing at computer programming. It was you kind of had a an interest as an as a child oh, and kinda... by sixth grade i remember for sure i yeah. so badly wanted to have a have a computer they just weren't very readily available this was in the 80s i'm okay. I'm, I'm not that young but <laughs> this was in the 80s they weren't that readily available mm-hmm. they you know and but i just was so in, intrigued by it and um got my first computer and started playing with it and just built more and more interest more and more confidence and yeah and so that too is just um, like just following something you're passionate about or <laughs> exactly. it's, it's yeah. exciting or yep. you're yep. interested in. Yeah. yeah. And who, you know, you think all spiritual up here everywhere and, 
how can God use computer programming? Mm. Well, absolutely, He can use yeah. He can use those skill sets. He can use those career paths, mm. and it may just be a, a, a lead into another one or a or a carry and carry over for the meantime type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you said that. What can you give any examples of how God used that season of computer programming? I, I made a lot of friends when I moved to Evansville. It also taught me a lot more independence. Because okay. uh, my mom, she was a great caregiver, but she kept the apron strings really tight. I mean, if I needed anything, I could just tell mom she'd yeah. do it. And for me to move to Evansville, uh, an hour f- Evansville is an hour from where I live or where I grew up. It taught me more independence and you know, trying to do more things by myself. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it anything when you step out like that, it, it brings you more and more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then you also used it in a family business to kind of keep working in that avenue then too yeah it was that was really cool because the business was flourishing but in the on the technology side we were a little we were pretty far behind so i just had free reign Mm -hmm. to say let's do this and let's do this and again some trial and error things and just to grow with the business yeah absolutely no i think it's i love when there's people who have both worked full-time ministry but also have worked a quote-unquote normal job yeah. that's not ministry because yeah, yeah. it's just like I, god uses both oh yeah absolutely. in so many ways and like we need both um yeah and i, I tell other pastors who are bivocational now i'm still kind of bivocational uh-huh. but it's not like a, a huge time constraint on me but i look at them now and i was like i don't know how you do it mm-hmm. i mean i people do it a lot of people do it yeah but it that is a very big stretch uh-huh. on people especially with young families right they're doing both but yeah, because yeah, ministry, I mean, ministry is, it's a lot. It's, it is. And you talked about the one-on-one discipleship. I think Phil maybe mentioned it. That yes, That's something did. You, yeah. you love doing. I, I love to listen. Yeah. I love to just try to relate with people one-on-one. That's that's my favorite part. Preaching, I do it. I've I've, I've built a skill of doing it. I, I enjoy it. I agonize over the preparation part of mm-hmm. it. When it comes to deliver it, I just have a piece almost always. But it, that's not the most natural part to me. The one-on-one part is mm-hmm. what I really do enjoy the most. Yeah, but. and that takes a lot of time. I mean, there's it a does, lot of people, yeah. so it does, so yeah. It does, yeah. And I don't get to do near as much of it yeah. as I as I would like. But And again, that's the season with a young family. Mm-hmm. It's hard yeah, because family is number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's- that's cool. It's great. Yeah, it's fun to see see your family here yeah. around. And I made your the youngest boys a sp- strawberry smoothie right before this. Oh, you they did. Were, and they were thoroughly enjoying it. Oh, uh, yeah. The they're they're four year old twin boys, <laughs> yes. and they're just they are a joy. Yeah. They are. I think Kaya misses them the most. I wouldn't ask her that question, but uh-huh. I have a feeling she does. I, yeah. I see that. <laughs> Something about that oldest to youngest connection. Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> she dotes on them just relentlessly. So, yeah. yeah she no, does. that's awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, Kevin, again, just thank you for being here. I know this, the stu- students were very encouraged just to hear yeah, you and enjoyed like, having you talk. Yeah. Uh, we all did as a it community. And um, yeah, thank you for your continued work you're doing oh, in Indiana. Well. And yeah. Um, yeah, we're excited to be here with your daughter and get to see you and your family around yeah. here more. But um, yeah, and thank you everyone for uh, listening again. And uh, stay tuned for more episodes later on. Bye.